ESPN Kansas City presents Golf Underground, powered by Mariner Wealth Advisors, helping you navigate your financial future. Welcome to Golf Underground ESPN Radio here on a happy, happy Friday. It's a dreary day here in Kansas City, Wardo, but you know what? You, my friend, um, have assembled an all-star cast today. Of course. I mean, now we, we believe in social distancing here at the uh, Golf Underground, right? Well, I'm slowly becoming less of a believer. What's, what do you mean? You're not listening to Dr. Fauci? I'm listening to Fauci, but I think this stuff is just... It's like saying stay away from every person that's sneezing out there. It's well, driving me bananas. You know... Um, I'm a lover, not a hater. You really are. This is tough to be. I mean, have you all locked up? But, you know, I'm, a, I'm fearful that you're starting to break the social distancing rules, and it's, it's concerning me. You know, I'm one of those guys who early on I thought... Hey, I've been riding in my own cart. I've been not touching the flag stick. Yeah. And I've not been touching other people's balls. Well, that is different since Corona has kicked in. See? <laughs> wow. And it is Friday. You're feeling a bit sexy. You got some of the fellas coming over to share a vod with you, huh? Yeah, we're going to do a couple, do some recording and uh, get some slots for these guys and help market their businesses a little bit. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, listen, we're in for another great show. We had a great um, great week, right? We started off with your boy Tyler Palco, former Chiefs quarterback. That was, that was fantastic. That was and then we eased it in. To former Masters champion 2011, Charles Schwartzel. He was, he, I liked him a lot. What a was, nice guy. He was fantastic. He was like nice. Like a little really. tough to hear. This New Zealander over flanked to my left, you know, he doesn't talk much, but he could understand him. As for me, I struggled to understand his, his accent. Well, you really perked up when he said garage instead of the garage. Exactly. And that's when the, um, the Kiwi guy over here got all, he said, see, Wardo, that's how we speak. <laughs> Not like a bunch of Midwestern rednecks like you. Well, we got a Midwestern on the on the we show. We do. Today. Well, let's get right to this this fellow redneck from the heartland. His name is Troy Merritt. Of course, he was born in Osage, Iowa, but um, became famous out in the, uh, uh, the the Boise State. By the way, I'm curious if the golf courses were blue as well. <laughs> Troy, are you there? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I am a uh, an Idahoan with Midwest blood. Uh, the only part of the golf courses that are blue in Idaho are the parts that you don't want to hit your ball into. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be very familiar then. I'd come out, my khaki pants would turn blue. I'm in the woods so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, let's give you a formal intro. So um, you've had a, a heck of a career, right? I mean, you got a couple wins on tour. You won the, uh, uh, back in 2015, 2018, more recently, the Barbasol Championship. And so it's not easy one, to get on the Corn Ferry Tour. Two, to uh, become uh, uh, to get your card in the way you did. And number three, uh, win on tour. And so uh, you were an elite crew, my friend. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, not too bad for uh, your average Joe from Idaho. It's been all right for almost 10 years. Jesus. So, so talk through uh, growing up. I think I've followed your college career quite a bit. Talk through how many wins you had in college. Yeah, so I um, I grew up in Southern Idaho, but I went to high school up in Minneapolis, uh, where they are golf nuts. We just don't ever get to play much during the year. Uh, so I went to high school up there. My first two years of college were at Winona State, uh, Division II school in Winona, Minnesota, uh, where I was able to win 12 times. Uh, I was lucky to be able to do that. I did not have any offers out of high school, even though I was ranked second in the state in Minnesota. Uh, I kind of had to beg the coach at Winona to give me a walk-on tryout. He didn't really want to. But my be- my dad, being six four and a half, was a little persuasive. He finally gave me a tryout. Yeah. Uh, I qualified for the fifth and final position that, uh, that first event. I won the tournament. I didn't have to qualify anymore. Nice. And then after two years at Winona, I, uh, I moved out to Boise one summer to uh, – to work at a country club i had lost my playing privileges at a club in uh, minnesota that i was working at because i hit balls on the range two times one week they didn't like that oh. so i moved out to boise i worked won several local amateur tournaments there and kind of uh, piqued the interest of the coach at boise state who uh, held his tour card in 96 and bounced around the mini tours for a while and then i just kind of transferred at the, the last second in august before my junior year and 
had a couple wins my junior year, and then uh, my senior season, I ended up winning seven of our 13 tournaments and Jeez. set an NCAA record in the spring, winning five in a row, uh, one by eight, one by ten. Uh, yeah, I got onto the the Corn Ferry Tour. Then it was the Nationwide Tour that following year, my first go through Q School. So I would never, ever, ever want to start again. I feel so bad for the guys that have to do it, but uh, I'm, I'm very happy with my position now. That's awesome. Great story. So, so in high school, the Golden Gophers just took a pass on you? <laughs> Minnesota offered, Brad James was the coach at the time from Australia, and he only offered one scholarship to a Minnesota kid each year. The rest of his kids were all international, whether from Australia or several of the Scandinavia countries. And the guy that was number one in the state at the time, Andy Paulson, was given that scholarship. Uh, Andy and I actually were paired together in the section finals, um, and Brad James came out and watched the first five holes. I played them in five over. Andy played them in four over. Brad James left, having seen enough. Uh, Andy went on to shoot 86. I brought him back and shot two over. I qualified for state as an individual. But Andy, being on the best team in the state, White Bear Lake, their team won the section, so they qualified for state, and he went on to win the state championship and got that scholarship. So, yeah, he, he beat me out for it, fair and square. So, 86. This guy, he clearly uh, he clearly still not playing golf. Hey, what's wrong with 86? Uh, I don't know how many... I, I don't know how many tournaments he actually played in uh, while he was with the Gophers. Well, the Gophers, when I was in school, they uh, tried to shut down the program. And that same year they tried to shut down the program for Title IX, they won the national championship. No way. Yep. All my buddies played. Uh, uh, in high school, the year they won the national championship. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an old fella. The same people probably responsible for this coronavirus hoax. <laughs> probably did Probably did that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I mean, I don't believe that we should ever um, open up any scholarship spots to international players. <laughs> As I look at the New Zealander next to me, <laughs> I had to throw that had to throw that jab in there. <laughs> no, but it, it is so cool. So, so tell us about the. Um, you, you said you wouldn't want to wish that on anyone. Sort of going through the grind of um, corn fairy slash minor league baseball lifestyle. All right? How, how many years were you doing that? Not zero. None. Uh, so I finished school in 08, car. and I went to Q school that uh, that first year in 08, and I was lucky enough to qualify for first stage, second stage, and get the final stage. God, I did funny. not uh, do very well final, so I had real bad status on the nationwide that uh, that following year in 09. And actually, the uh, the swine flu outbreak of 09 is the only reason why I, I got to final stage in Q school that year. We had the tournament in Mexico postponed in late May. They moved it to Labor Day weekend. Nobody wanted to go play, so I went down and won the tournament and ended up uh, making enough money to get myself into final stage of Q School and uh, and ended up winning Q School that year. One of uh, three guys ever to go uh, wire to wire for six rounds and uh, and finish with the W. So I had the swine flu, actually, to thank for uh, for my success in getting on the PGA oh Tour. God. I like it. So you, got the, you took advantage of the swine flu, and yeah. now you're taking advantage of the coronavirus. Now you're at home just fleecing guys out of all their cash. They're wishing they were at work in their office. I know. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that, and it, everybody will tell you the same, you got to play well at the right time. I mean, we have thousands and thousands of guys all over the world that are good enough to play on the PGA Tour, but several just haven't been able to play at the right time or play well at the right time to get on the PGA Tour. It's not for – Lack of talent, but you got to put it together when it matters most. Well, so so uh, 2015, right? That was the year you won the Quicken Loans National, or not 15? Yes, when was that? Uh, oh, yeah, when was yeah, it? 2015. You're 2015, right. 2015. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was at Avenel, right? So uh, you're in, in Potomac. It was at uh, RT here. Uh, it was at Avenel couple years after that we played it twice at avenue but that was a couple years after i won oh okay all right yeah well and to wardo i'm uh, i'm not sure i shared this with you well you knew this so i played at the at, at the in the member guest at avenel for several years with my boy myers good old myers and um and so i was uh, fortunate enough to meet a very nice fellow by the name of hunter biden 
who, um, who was a member at Avenel Farms, a uh, very smart fella. His dad was vice president. And so we didn't make the shootout, so I jumped in the golf cart with him and for about six hours got absolutely bombed. And um, Shocker. I, you know, I, I realized that I learned a lot that day at Avenel Farms from, um, from Hunter Biden. So there's my little Avenel. Um, and now he's famous. Yeah, Avenel's good. It's uh, the site of my only professional hole-in-one back on the uh, web.com in 2012. No way. Wait, which hole? Uh, 17. I had a nice little four iron from 214, and it trickled right in the hole. That's awesome. <laughs> now it's a beautiful place. In fact, I still owe Tag Writings a beer, and it's uh, eight years later now. Well, you should have uh, bought more than one beer that day, my friend. Right, hole in one with a big group like that—that that should have cost you tens of thousands. <laughs> a big... You know the problem. The problem with me is, and I've been disowned by my family in Iowa. I'm actually the only non-beer drinker in the family. Uh, they're all professionals. I can't do it. I'm more of a, a dark liquid, hard liquor kind of guy. Nice. I like it. Nice. Well, geez, What's it... your drink of choice? You know, I my wife actually just bought me a shirt. Uh, I quite enjoy a Maker's Old Fashioned. Oh yeah, They're so good. Yeah, have you tried yeah, the have you tried uh, the premix stuff? My girl bought me some premix stuff the other day, and I don't know. I just like the way I make mine better than the premade. The stuff. premix, it's like pre like a margarita it's mix, an old fashioned premade. Oh, it's probably too sugary. Yeah, I don't know. That'd yeah, be- no, no, no premix for me. The problem is, uh, I know you know uh, Robert Streb. He and I partner up at the Zurich, uh, and we're. We don't get to play uh, this year, but uh, we always like to sit in the dark bars where the old-fashioned was invented down in New Orleans. So I'm a little spoiled when it comes to uh, old-fashioned that I've had. I can't do the pre-made stuff. Gosh, that's that's funny. Now, you know, you're not a beer drinker. What are you going to tell us next, that you don't believe in a Friday fish fry? Is that next? <laughs> oh. No, no, no. I grew up on the Friday fish fry. Okay. All right. Well, All right. My proposal is, since the Zurich's not going to happen and you, you've run out of friends to fleece, maybe we get a little golf trip down to New Orleans with Streber, and you can take us out of some of our cash. You can take this New Zealander to my left as well. So when you, when's your first start? When's your first start going to be? I saw the tour schedule came out uh, the other day, or yesterday, was it? Are you going to play right away? Looks like Texas. Uh, I'll play as soon. As, I'll play as soon as they allow us. It's like I tell my caddy every time we go over a, a situation and what we want to do. It's always good in theory. It's the execution part that always struggles. <laughs> so we'll we'll see if that uh, that schedule sits uh, um, firm. Uh, I'm hoping to play uh, that uh, the week of June 8th. I mean, I'd love to play before that, but I understand why we're bogged down. Uh, but uh, no, I'll uh, I'll have a full a full summer once uh, once we get to peg it. What what are you doing in the meantime? How do you how do you keep your your body, your mind, everything um, ready? So when that uh, when that first tournament comes around, you're going to feel pretty good about it. Oh, I'm, I'm uh, unfortunately I'm playing more golf under quarantine than I do uh, during the tour. Who season, isn't? Which is kind of odd. <laughs> we all are. So true. <laughs> And, yeah, and a lot more brown, a lot more golf and makers, I, I bet. I mean, it's, and I got to tell you, my McDonald's drive through content is off the charts right now. What's your go-to? I just did, on the way here, no, oh, I might have gotten a number one medium. <laughs> I might, yep. Yeah, so if I happen to drop this mic, uh, it's for a good reason. I'm running right to the can right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not very healthy for any of us, is it? <laughs> but it's got to be. Hey, so is it is it fun for you now? Though it, 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 obviously you want to be uh, playing on tour, but is there any comfort in sort of this slowing down? You've got your two boys. You're talking about teaching history class. I, I, I mean, it, give me your take on that. I mean, is it sort of a nice respite here going through this, or it's- you ready to get to work? It's, it's different because I've been home now for five weeks. I came home the Saturday after they shut us down at the players, and I've been home ever since then. And the only time that I've ever home for five or six weeks in a row is in the wintertime when you're pretty much kind of stuck inside unless you want to go out when it's freezing cold. Uh, so to be at home for this stretch with the nice weather, I mean, it's a beautiful 65 degree, no clouds in the sky day here in Boise. You know, after schoolwork, you know, we take the morning to do schoolwork, get all that done, uh, which is fun. 
you know, I've learned more stuff in, uh, with my second grader than I think I did throughout my entire time of high school. It's probably why I haven't amounted to anything. Totally. So uh, after we do that, you know, we'll go to the golf course and, you know, we'll play. We have a, a challenge course, a little par three course that's usually wide open. So the boys and I will go walk and hit wedges and play that. And, you know, if we're not doing that, we'll go to the pond about 20 minutes away. We'll do some fishing. That's a good social distancing exercise because, A, nobody wants to get dirty and put a worm on a hook. So nobody's ever there anyway. <laughs> Uh, and then we've got a nine-month-old Labradoodle that's 60 pounds. That's a handful. So between all that stuff, my days are full. And now <laughs> to top it all off, after I've been talking to you guys, i got to get in the crawl space in the attic to go set some mouse traps because i got a mouse that's keeping me up at night in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> See, you See know what? fun projects. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a perception that these um, fancy PGA guys, they they don't do stuff like chase mouse. Well, I, mice. I talked to right? Streb this afternoon. I was... I was touching base with him, and he, I go, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm painting my hallway. I mean, everybody finds an excuse. <laughs> Everybody's so domestic all of a sudden. Oh, I've done, uh, really? What? what, what yeah. I've done nothing. I've done, and this is horrible, right? Because my wife, she gives me the honeydew list. And, um, you know, the key, Troy, is to act really busy in front of your laptop as frequently as possible so that when they come up and say, "Hun, can you maybe you know that thing that like the garage looks like a bomb hit? We've been talking about cleaning that up. And I got honey. Geez, I got to get these emails out. Right. It, it, but you can't do that because you don't work on a laptop, my friend. <laughs> so you're host. Well, she already knows that I'm technologically illiterate anyway. So if I have the laptop open, she's already questioning. She's wondering what she sites you're on. I don't even bother touching the laptop. Uh, no, I. Uh, she loves to work around the yard. Um, we moved into this house about a year ago now, and she's done a ton of stuff in the back, cleaning bushes in, trees in, uh, taking the... Uh, uh, drip lines, moving around, moving sprinkler lines, uh, learning how to do all this stuff. So she goes ahead and does all of that stuff, and I just put my slippers and sweatpants on and just kind of wave out the window, make sure the dishes are done. Rolls are a little bit reversed in our household. She's a go-getter, and I could really care less. Oh, that's well, awesome. You just keep you just keep making some cuts and making some dough, and you'll be just fine. You just got to find you some tournaments to play in. I think the outlaw. Yeah, the problem is I keep, every, time, every time I make a cut, I end up, hey, honey, why do we have this uh, – this receipt on here for a 15 foot maple tree and where is that going to go next to the 45 other maple trees on our one tenth of an acre a lot like what, what are we doing here wow you know what that's not what that's like that, your wife sounds like um um the, the girl from something about mary like a really cool chick it, it's not like she's saying honey i just went to the um the jewelry store and got myself a nice pearl this is like a this this, this is like a nice woman i like this one maybe she's been prepping oh, no, yeah, she she definitely grew up eating mud in north carolina <laughs> she uh she was a gymnast her whole life through college so i don't argue i know she beat me up so i don't even try <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to dive in a little bit on the number of course records our guest has, Troy Merritt, as well as I want to talk a little bit more about this. All these collegiate victories. I mean, pretty impressive, Sully. It is very impressive. I, mean, I, I'm, I thought Jeff Overton was good in college, but I, I think this one's got to beat. Yeah. I You're listening it. to Golf Underground on ESPN Radio. You're listening to Golf Underground on ESPN Kansas City, 94.5 FM. Hey, Brian Sullivan here, and I've got a tip for you. You've got to head to Unforked. It's an amazing restaurant. What I like about these guys is they promise to buy and support seasonal local ingredients first. And I love the fact that they source from smaller, family, GAP-certified, or organic farms, prime-going regions, artists and producers. All I'm getting at is, if you like fresh stuff, Unforked is the place to be. And like they say, a fork or no fork, you can be sure you're getting the highest quality, socially responsible ingredients possible. And not to mention, it's delicious. So whether you're out south or downtown, stop by Unforked for a delicious and healthy meal. Sheridan's Unforked, honest, clean food. Welcome to Golf Underground ESPN Radio. Here we are at a happy Friday, Kansas City. It's dreary and gray outside, but inside the golf stable, that is Kevin Ward's 
place where he turns double-digit handicappers into if champions. Right here at thegolfstable.com. And so, hey, we're having a great time. We're with Troy Merritt. He's uh, he originally from the Heartland. God bless him. He moves out to Boise, which still there's good folks out there. Had you told us you moved to L.A., we would be treating you a bit differently. And so, um, Troy, you seem like a hell of a guy. You got two great kids. You got a wife who plants maple trees. To me, you're a guy who we want to root for on the PGA Tour. Hey, I appreciate that. You know, if uh, things weren't uh, uh, so soft and, and everybody censored things, I'd love to drop a few F-bombs as well, but I don't think people would uh, care for that, I don't think. Oh, no, you're, you, you're you okay. You can drop any yeah, kind we're, of We're not on the um, – we, we have no FCC rules now that we're not uh, going over the airways live, right? So we, we strictly put this out as a pod. So, I mean, if you're feeling it, like emotionally, we get you all charged up. Because I'm going to ask some questions that are like Barbara Walters. Might get you crying, get you a little emotional. And if there's a, you know, maybe you say shit or something like that, no problem. Troy, I want you comfortable today. We uh, we did a poker tournament yesterday for one of my sponsors, GM, to help raise money for uh, the employees that have been put out of work. And it was live, and people could go on and watch it. And it reminded us constantly that you couldn't have any hard cuss words. So I'm still kind of in yesterday's mode. No hard cuss words. Really? Okay, so so um, give me an example of a soft cuss, uh, cuss word. I don't know if anybody said I was sitting next to Colt Nose. He was online with me, and, I mean, he rattled off a few hard ones, and they would say shit. So I guess that was his soft one. Yeah. Well, he is a mess. Yeah. He really? He, was, he, he used ones, like, with the hard syllables? Oh, yeah. Well, it's tough when you're sitting there by yourself staring at the laptop, and you're you're talking to people that you can't see and you know you, it's not like you have cameras on you or you don't think you're on the radio or anything else and you, know, you just let them flip every now and then it was fine it made all of us laugh well he had his uh is he still well, he's not doing a show on xm radio anymore no, he's right still, he's doing both he's oh he is doing both oh, right yeah. but i i think um he kind of took the howard stern approach once he got on golf he said you know what i'm not gonna do this sort of like boring golfy podcast i'm gonna try to make it howard stern like and i think he tried too hard i think he said this is where i'm supposed to be like um joe rogan and say what the fuck Right. And, and I think he just, it was sort of, uh, he was trying too hard. You know? You know? It's like yeah, throwing him cold. in there. That's cold, though. I mean, that's his personality. I mean, he doesn't really give a care about uh, what people think of him. He's going to say it how it is, and he's going to use whatever words he wants. <laughs> and he's going to monetize it beautifully. You, you know, <laughs> Troy, we're known for. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're known for having uh, sparking guys' careers or re-sparking their careers after they come on our show. Good point. Unfortunately, when we had Colt on about a year ago, and that kind of catapulted his, uh, we're going to call it his radio career. <laughs> right. Right. I guess you guys, you, just, you, guys, you guys cut the parachute on his career is what you did. Well, he basically, he saw how much fun we were having and, you know, the, uh, the $3,000 a year we're making on this show and said, <laughs> <laughs> I want a part of that. <laughs> you know, he did say yesterday that ever since he quit golf, he's gotten so much better and he's been so much happier. He's actually a good golfer again. <laughs> well then tell him tell him to go start monday qualifying <laughs> I, think he I don't that. think he's gonna do that <laughs> no no way no no he well he's the mayor of scottsdale now he was the mayor of dallas but that's what he, he's like you he's, he's a, pro a professional friend right hey troy he's the, he's the mayor wherever he goes colt can make friends with a glass of wine and you just oh yeah, yeah, Troy. When you when you eventually come back and you you maybe visit us in Kansas City, you realize this Kevin Ward guy who's who we're chatting with today. He he's he's a a bit like Colt Nost. He he's he's like Colt Nost with AIDS, right? Like skinny version. <laughs> and um, but he you know he's got the nice smile. He's again he's a professional friend, knows everyone in town. And he too, by the way, Troy. It's important that you know he's the only man in the history of the Heartland down here to. Um, to simultaneously own the Missouri and Kansas State Am. I mean that that's. Do you think Troy Merritt gives a rat's yes, fucking I think ass he needs about to know how paralysis. he's dealing with a very credible young man. I think that's important. You know, I've got I've got some I've got some good news on that front. If I ever uh, do make it into town and we do play, it will launch your career. I will say, and going back to Colt Nose, I played in one U.S. Amateur Publix at Contini, just outside Chicago. And in the first round, I was paired with this guy, and I looked at him, and I was like, there's no way you're going to step on this tee and we're going to play golf today. His name was Colt Nose. 
No Colt way. Beat me two, Colt Nose beat me 2-1 and one that day and then whacked everybody the rest of the week, won the pub links, and then went to Olympic and won the USM. So I was Colt Nose's <laughs> first win in that summer where he won both the pub links and the USM. No way. That's, That's funny. And all with a 7-wood. Yeah, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was... It was <laughs> It was blowing 30 that day, and that ball didn't get above head high, and it rolled for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yards. Oh, my gosh. I love it. That's fine. Cantini. Yeah, I used to live in Chicago. That used to be my little I used to jumped in the car, and I would head out and play Cantini back in the day. I love it. Nice little course. All right, Troy. Of course, 18, 18, they need to redo 18 at Cantini. It's not a good hole, but the rest of it's good. Yeah, I agree. Troy, how many uh, course records do you hold, or do you not even know? Uh, Several. The exact number, it's less than 10, but it's more than five. So how's that? Wow. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I have, uh, I had three on tour until uh, somebody uh, uh, took my course record at Keen Trace at Barbasol last summer. I don't know if it was Scott Stallings or Jim Herman, but I think one of them beat it. And then I have uh, a share of the course record at Harbortown um, at Hilton Head. What's and that? Sixty-two. Uh, Sixty-one. Uh, ten under. Right. Sixty-one came in hot. Nice. And then uh, six, sixty-one. Sixty-one uh, when I won at uh, RTJ on Saturday was the course record, um, and I think that one still stands. But I had said a few in college uh, when I was at Winona at Boise State. Um, in fact, I have my name on two scorecards. Uh, when I was a junior at Boise State, we played in uh, Belmont tournament just outside Nashville. And in the morning 18, I shot 62 course record. And then in the afternoon, I kept the card of Blake Sattler, and he shot 62 to tie my record. So I have it on the competitor's signature and the marker's signature from the same day, two different rounds. Wow. All right. Now I have a little trivia question for you. And don't think about this right. too much. Okay. Exactly how long ago was it when you broke the course record at Heritage? Uh, I was five years. Do you know the date? Uh, it was April something or another in 2015. It was April 17th, this very day, five years ago, that you shot a 61-10 under. See, we, who said you don't and learn that's something? When the legend, that's when the legend of that tartan blue shirt came into play. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Five years ago today. Here Unbe I am. Unbelievable. I know. You're Gosh. just a statist statistic statistician. Oh, if you can only say it, I you know. know. What, that, act it. that actually brings up a little bit more of a distressing memory, not the 61, but it was after Saturday's round. I had played with Cooch in the final round, and uh, when we were leaving the golf course, it takes forever to get out of, out of there because it's so narrow. Everybody's stumbling around drunk, and I had to this car that pulled out in front of me at a 45 across the middle of the road to pick up six or seven drunk guys. And Cooch is behind me in the car, and he is laying on his horn. And all these drunk guys look at me, and they start flipping me off, and they <laughs> no. want to fight. And I'm just – I'm waving both hands at him like, you guys are idiots. I'm not – how can I honk the horn? My hands aren't even on the wheel. Oh so Cooch God. almost got me into a fight. And then uh, later that year at Memorial, he was picking up his car at uh, – valet and he walked right in front of my car and i laid on the horn i don't think he's ever so high in his life he got like he got like six inches off the ground <laughs> well it's it's i've only been around cooch a couple times but one was uh gary woodland decided to be really smart and get married in the middle of october in during hurricane season um <laughs> and at the wedding cooch decided there was a nice pool out back of, of where the wedding was during the reception. So Cooch liked this, likes to steal the show and jumped in fully fully suited up. Pretty good. Gosh, that's a big man. Did he display Great some bet. water in that pool? Um, he didn't retain any any in his hair, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Hey, so so um, well, let's do this. Let's take a, a short break, and um, we come back. I want to kind of give the listeners some insight about what it's like being on tour. You know, things like, you know, who are some of the cool guys? What are some of the funny stories? What have you learned? You, you know, really uh, it, it, stuff that, that maybe the regular six-pack Joe has no clue as he's sitting in his rocking chair in, in Boise, Idaho, and he's, he wants some insight from the master of Boise State, Troy Merritt. How's that? Would you do that for us? 
Well, I need to go find a rocking chair. Apparently, they're still in existence, so let me. It might take me a little yeah, while. Get it, and so you we'll, know what? We'll give it a shot. Get yourself a little makers. Pull up the chair and make sure that maple tree is getting put in appropriately. So, come on back. We're Troy Merritt, Boise State two-time PGA winner. You listen to Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. You're listening to Golf Underground on ESPN Kansas City, ninety-four point five FM. Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance claim and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance claim and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to... Sing it, Sully. Jeez, I don't know. I I, I do the rap version. Oh. You knew you do know my my um, nickname back in high school was the White Shadow. The White Shadow. I was the White Shadow. Oh yeah. I mean, don't make me go. Turn it up. Turn it up. Troy, talk to the significance of this song. This song was the intro that Wayno Drano chose for us last year at the Zurich Classic to walk up to on Saturday. He was dancing, and Strev and I were embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Strev was in your group? No, they were partners at the Zurich. Oh, you were partners? Yeah, oh, my partner. gosh. Yeah. No. Talk, talk through. <laughs> who, who, tell the audience who Wayno Drano is, or the listeners. We don't have an audience today, unfortunately. <laughs> Wayno Drano is my caddy. Uh, now of two years. I've known him for about seven years. Uh, he is uh, he is a beauty. Nobody loves golf more than Wayno Drano. Uh, he will go and caddy on the hottest day, uh, on the final group on a Saturday. We'll play 18 holes, and then after we're done, he'll go and play another 18 holes by himself until the sun sets. Uh, the man absolutely loves golf, and uh, how he got his name, he had a little match, a little caddy match from the John Deere. Uh, they were tied after 18, so they did an emergency nine, and they came down to the last hole, and an old Drano rolled in about a 40-foot snake with about eight feet of break, and uh, one of the guys just went, Drano, and from <laughs> then we have Wayno Drano. He's a beauty. He has to, stay up, he has to stay up all night to miss a putt. That is amazing. We might have to get this Wayno Drano oh. on the show. I'm looking at his mean mug. You know, Look I, at might, that mug. I might have his contact info. <laughs> you know what? He's a handsome fella. Hey, hey, Troy, can you call him right now? We do a little sneak in on Wayno Drano. <laughs> okay, you got to hit that yeah, little plug. Wayno Drano is, is concentrating on being a father right now. His little boy is three months old. Ooh. Love. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, up till about two weeks before the uh, the birth of his child, he was a hundred percent sure that it was going to be a boy they weren't finding out until the birth and then i had to remind him that it's actually a 50 50 chance whether it's going to be a boy or a girl <laughs> and his face just dropped <laughs> <laughs> wait it, so he did get a boy or didn't he ended up getting a boy yeah all right <laughs> 
Those are good odds. <laughs> so Soli here has a man crush on a caddy out there. I'll, I'll give. I have a man crush, and you have a man crush. Yeah. Take All right. Well, speaking of the, who it is. Well, speaking of the, we'll give you a, a little hint, Troy. So, um, this caddy became famous at the Zurich Open this year with his rendition of the Garth Brooks song "Baton Rouge." Name the caddy and the player with whom he carries the bag. Caddy is Aaron Fleener. Ding, 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 ding. You got it, baby. We have a winner, Troy Merritt from Boise, Idaho. Congratulations. You've just won a 12-pack of Truly and a bottle of Maker's Mark, sponsored by the Golf Underground here in Kansas City. I would like to donate that back. (laughs) Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> and you'll drink it. Okay, let's talk let's talk victories. Let's talk winner's circle. So, what was going on in your head, your game? What was what was happening when you were winning everything at Boise State? Uh, I really enjoyed seeing the upset look of the three man on our golf team. And when I say that, he would get so mad so mad because he would practice all day which he should have um i would go to class not participating class um i would rarely go to the golf course unless we uh, were supposed to go for a tryout round which to be quite honest didn't mean a whole a lot for me anyway at the time and this was at boise state and then so i'd have probably played nine to 18 holes during the week we'd go to the tournament I would win the tournament. He would get very mad at me because I didn't practice. And then we'd do the same thing next week. I wouldn't practice. He'd practice all the time. We'd go to the next event. I would win the tournament. So it was just pretty much just getting to see the disappointed look on his face every week that I didn't practice. And then I won the tournament. Oh, you're evil. So just the three-man got pissed, huh? (laughs) Did you tell him it's a team sport? Well, I I will say that the two-man, my fellow – senior on the team from Vancouver. He got really mad at me in Vegas one year. We were in the airport. We were over 21, playing uh, $20 on the Wheel of Fortune and the, and the uh, oh, man, on the slot. And he lost 200 bucks in about five minutes. And I told the winner I won about 350 He looked at me and said, I'm not even happy for you. And he walked away. <laughs> Amazing. Was he serious? He was serious. <laughs> oh my God! You know what? So what I'm starting to learn is you're the uh, Brooks Kepka of um, of Boise, meaning uh, you can kind of show up, and you're such an athlete that it's easy for you to just kick everyone's ass. You know what? It's that talent, Wardo, that that drives short guys who are five foot seven and a half like me nuts. He's got some talent. It uh, it bothers uh, the guys that I play with, um, and I think this should be a rule on the PGA Tour as well. You can't show up to the golf course until five minutes before your tee time. <laughs> there is no practicing. You just go right to that first tee, oh. and you put it in the ground. There is no no breakfast ball. Amen. You just get to send it. Oh, oh, gosh. You could play with me every Saturday at noon. That's how I do it. No wonder he's been playing Are well during play this. That time? Oh yeah, we we got the um, we got the Saturday noon group, and um, I have a tendency on Friday nights to stay up late with my bride of 20 something years i should probably know how long and we uh, we, we like to throw back the jaylor cab until all hours of the night we put on um, it usually goes like this honey should we play yacht rock before our next bottle of wine okay and it says alexa play yacht rock and once yacht rock starts kicking in next thing you know it's 3 15 a.m we're making out might be naked, and then I show up. I get up about eleven twenty on Saturday morning, rush right to the tee box, and bam! I win that five dollar Nassau, three three sides, baby. <laughs> you are a fucking mess. He is a mess. So so Troy, this uh, no no hitting golf balls ranges close thing probably hasn't hurt you too bad, is what you're saying. You're not a ball beater, huh? Uh, not a ball beater. I've actually quite enjoyed it. I played with uh, several uh, plus two, plus three guys at the club whom I have to give four or five shots to, which seems very unfair until they are bitching and moaning on the first three holes that they didn't get a hit a ball and they started bogey double. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, I, I, I show up on the first tee and I look right at them. I say, you know what? You're pressed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they like that either. How good is it? <laughs> what kind of games do you like to play? And how much well, are you guys play playing a for? Game called 
Yeah, we play a game called Banker out here. Oh, yes. Get, um, <laughs> yeah, it can get a little up there. I mean, you, you play with groups that might only play for $1 or $2 a hole, but, no, we've got several guys that, you know, if, they, if they've lost several thousand for the week, it, it's uh, it's been a tough go. <laughs> I love it. What do you So you started at a couple bucks? Here at Wolf Creek, we started at $5, and then I want to – there's several iterations, though. What? How do you guys play it? Can you – can you double on the tee? So I, I, I love to be banker on the first two holes because a they haven't warmed up and neither have I and I could care less. Um, <laughs> I don't have to give a stroke on either the first or the second hole. Uh, chances are I'm either going to uh, be the first par in or the only birdie on the first hole. So that means I'll be the banker on the second hole, which is short par five. So I'll step up there on that first hole and I'll give them a range, you know, five to ten bucks for each man. Uh, when the ball is in the air, they are more than happy to double their bet. Uh, if you make birdie, that doubles the bet as well. So when all three of them step up there and say $10, and they all bust it down the middle and double, making them all $20, <laughs> and then I bust it down the middle and double, making each bet worth $40. And then when you roll in that first birdie for another 40 make it 80 off everybody, and you walk to that second tee and bank with 240 in your pocket, you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling pretty good. You're probably not going to uh, lose money that way. Oh, my gosh. What's the format? What so, is what is banker? What's the game? So one person is the banker per hole and the other three. So you're just going against the other three. Correct. You're playing yep, individual you're going, matches yep. against each uh, person. I got it. So you're like swinging the rest of the group do you play, yourself. Do you play air triples on the par threes? Uh, air triples on the par threes. Um, that was one of the worst decisions of my life uh, <laughs> two years ago. Uh, we were playing on freshly punched greens. It was 187 into a little right-to-left win, uh, right 10. First guy gets up in the air, triple, 12 feet. I, I was the banker. Uh, it wasn't going that well for the guys that day, so I only threw a $3 bet out for everybody. So the first guy hits up there, triples it to nine. Next guy in the air tripled about eight feet, so there's another nine. Uh, next guy up triples it to about five feet. I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is 187 with a crosswind on the short side, and all of a sudden these guys have all tripled and hit it inside 12 feet. Woo! <laughs> Good thing the greens are punched, and then I hit it, and it's riding the wind. It's coming back, and I'm thinking, all right, you know, I might be able to scrape out of this. Did not triple. Hit it right in the hole. No oh, way. Didn't even triple. Dude, yeah. nice. And, and of of course, the beverage cart was sitting at the green ah. at the time, so that cost me another 150 bucks. There's the karma for not buying um, tag ridings a drink. Yeah, yeah. That was the last hole one I hit. How many you got? Uh, I've got a whopping four. Nice. Well, the four's not uh, bad. That's what I'm stuck on, four. Yeah, Are know, you stuck on four? We've mentioned two. I'm, I'm stuck on four. I hit two when I was 11, and then I didn't have one for like 16 years. Well, listen to this, Troy. We had these two eighth graders on, I don't know, probably two months ago. And what was it? The one kid, Chase Wardo, what was he? Four, <laughs> he was 14 and had how many? 11? Yeah, I think he had 11. He had 11. And on a on legit, you know, regular golf course, not, not uh, par three, 11. Did so, you hear that stat on Tiger? Yeah. Did you see that thing with uh, Jim Nance and Tiger their day? Tiger didn't have a hole-in-one during that, call it, 15 to 20-year 20 20 run. 20-year run, yeah. Yeah, said he was playing his best golf. That's, that's pretty impressive. I thought you were going to say he had like 100 hole-in-ones, and I was just going to let you know he's ranked like second all-time to Matt Betancourt, but that's an inside joke. What's that? What? How many does Betancourt have? Um, well, he claims to have, well, at the time, in like 2011, he claimed to have about 125. So oh, like come on. He's got to have like two, 240 now. Wow. I know a few guys just like him. <laughs> right. I, don't know so, another, I don't know if there's another one like that. You got to ask Trevor about him. Troy, what's the most you've ever won or lost? I'm guessing the one figure is going to be higher on the golf course. Uh, well, I keep it tame uh, with my buddies uh, out at the club. I mean, I want them to invite me back. I think uh, last week I walked away with. Uh, 500 between group games and uh, the Chicago game we had and the two-man blind draw. I shot 62, so oh. typically I donate in the $40 Chicago game, but when you shoot 62, apparently you should win money, um, and I did. But uh, I haven't lost much, uh, maybe 100 bucks. Um, I keep it pretty tame. 
Yeah, that's good. Guys don't get uh, the bets too high when I get out there. Apparently something about the, the plus eight they make me play to, they think that I can actually make a birdie on every hole, so they keep it pretty pretty tame. <laughs> they're making you play off plus eight. Uh, yeah, they're cheaters. That's insane. You <laughs> must be nice. Gosh, unbelievable. All right, why don't we do this? Let's take one I'm more. Just, I'm just happy to be invited to play. Oh, God, listen, who wouldn't want to uh, say I've got a, a PGA Tour winner showing up for my noon game? I mean, that's a, you've got status, my friend. You've got Saturday status. Do you, want me to start, do you want me to just start rattling off names of people that don't want to play with me at my club? Yep. <laughs> it's all public now. And you know what? You could drop one of those hard swear words when you say their name. <laughs> yeah, all their, all, all, it's weird, and it's weird, too. All their middle names start with an F. It's, it's the strangest thing. <laughs> and they've got a great family members. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right well, you said it, not me. I said it. All right. One more commercial break. We come back again. Um, we'll, we'll close it up uh, again. Think of some, uh, you know, one or two really cool stories again that, you know, the, the, if make not, we're just going to hit you with some rapid fires, and you're not going to like that. Yeah, and, and in the meantime, during the commercial break, Wardo's going to fill up his uh, vodka fresca, uh, throw a few ice cubes in there. He really downed this one quick, Troy. I don't know if he's nervous, you know, talking to a man of your stature, but I, <laughs> he's getting buzzed up quickly. <laughs> I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm just I'm nervous That's to do this production. Thing. You got to yeah. deal with him. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty soon, uh, so it's the golf underground. It will be. Um, it's going to be Kevin Ward's golf under the table. Here momentarily. So come on back. We're Troy Merritt, two-time PGA champion on the Golf Underground. ESPN Radio. Hey, what's up, Golf Underground Nation? This is Brian Sullivan, co-host of the Golf Underground with the Greenside Cigar Company, here to tell you about the hot new cigars that are about taking over the golf industry. And yeah, I'm talking about the patented Birdie Stogies. You guys have been seeing for sale all over the local golf courses. These cigars come highly rated and are the ultra-premium alternative to that dried-up old stick you've been using to celebrate your made birdie putts. Designed to be carried in every golf bag and saved as a reward for celebratory achievement, our cigars are bringing golfers added relaxation, fun, and perhaps maybe even a little luck. From mild to medium, smooth to sweet, we have a cigar suitable for every taste palette and golfers at all skill levels. So no matter your celebratory occasion, enjoying a victory stogie at the clubhouse after a low round, immediately after a made birdie putt, or hey, even to help you relax and simply celebrate being out in the golf course, make sure you never approach the first tee again without one of our beautiful cigars in your golf bag. So learn more and order online at greensidecigars.com or just Google the birdie stogie because after all, there can only be one. Hey, Brian Sullivan of Golf Underground with my favorite orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kevin Witte. Why is Sano Orthopedics the absolute best sports medicine orthopedic group in Kansas City? Well, if you want to see the guys in town who have had the best orthopedic fellowship training in sports medicine, um, including training with Dr. James Andrews and Dr. Larry Lemack, come see us. Uh, we individualize patients' uh, plans to get them back to that activity and that sport that they love. And we actually care and listen to our patients and follow up with them to make sure that they're getting the results they need. Okay, and so... The three things that separate you. Number one, best training. Number two, you specialize in getting people on that field. Number three, you're actually listen. Where can I learn more? Because you got me all in and I don't really want to get fixed, but it's time. At sonoorthopedics.com, 816-525-2840. Darling, darling, I'll turn the lights back on now. Watching, watching. I was just messing around. Is there a, any significance to the song? Turn it up, then. Zero. Actually, there is some significance. What is it? When I was flying to the Super Bowl to watch the Kansas City Chiefs win, um, the person that was nice enough, Ryan and Terry Anderson, let me hop on the airplane, and they put this song on auto-repeat. So I decided to download it today. Over and over? Well, just Kygo. Kygo's the artist for you 50-year-old fat guys with, what do you call it, back fat? With back fat and um, who um, I just had my Big Mac and fries and soda, and I do feel a little disgusting right now. Did you get a milkshake? No, I didn't. I, that's saving that for your toilet. But if I pull this shirt off, it will be like a flabalanche. I mean, there was, it's, this is the anti-stable body right here, <laughs> right? It's, Yeah. Yep, it's my, my core is made up of margarine right now. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right, welcome back to the Golf Underground ESPN Radio. Troy Merritt, two-time champion on the PGA Tour. We're having a blast this Friday. So pull up a bar stool and enjoy yourself, and um, and let's talk a little bit of golf. So hey, hey Troy, so um, you've got you got problems over there at the Merritt House, right? And you got um, you've got issues. You got a mouse up there in the attic, and so your job after this is to go out and and, and kill the the mice. Now, my take is you should probably get the Dodge and Scout to go up there and maybe uh, take care of it for you, but um, but you're a man of the house, so it's your job, isn't it? Yeah, they, they really want to help out. Um, I don't know if it came in through the attic or not, but it is sitting in the wall down by the master toilet, and I just can't deal with that when i got to go in there and think, so i got to take care of it. And uh, it is one of the things that uh, my wife is afraid of in this world, and it is probably the only thing that she needs me for is to get rid of this mouse. Wait, Other so, that, so th- th- the mouse me. is by the toilet? It is in the wall by my toilet. So how do you get to it? Uh, well, I, I don't know. That's I got some exploratory efforts that are going to happen here in a little while. So you got to go up in the attic and kind of peek your head down through the drywall? I think I'll be up in the attic. I think I'll be under the house in the crawl space. Um, I'm going to find some areas of this house that I have not seen in the year that we've lived in it. Um, so I don't know if I'm more terrified or excited. Oh, geez. You listen, hey, don't hurt yourself, right? I mean, there's a lot of talent in that body. We don't want to be going down chasing mice, for crying out loud. Like Tom uh, and Jerry. Like I tell my wife, like I, yes, like I tell my wife uh, I'm worth more dead than alive. So. <laughs> Isn't that true? That's, uh, that's true for all of us. She's been trying to off me for years. I think that's why she keeps me up late night. <laughs> his wife is an absolute yeah. smoke hammer. He way out punted his coverage, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I married a Kansas City girl, um, you know, so she's she's a good Midwestern. Uh, you know, she likes the um, she likes the hard rock. You know, the um, well, she's she's kind of a dirty girl. You know, I thought you were going to say nice hard, s- hard something else. How, you guys are Chiefs fans uh, for the last two years. How do you even know what a punt is? It's a good point. We don't. It's a great point. We, yeah, see, I'm a I'm a Browns fan. I don't know what a punt is either because we just turned the damn ball over all the time. <laughs> You're a Browns fan? Born and raised. How's that happen? From Osage, Iowa. Uh, yeah, no, uh, my dad was a big Jim Brown fan, and growing up in Southern Idaho, there's nobody to root for. I didn't want to root for Elway and the Broncos or, or Montana and Steve Young over there in San Francisco, so I went with my dad with the Browns and they were good back in the late 80s early 90s good Bernie Kozar uh, Webster Slaughter the dog pound my favorite player to this day is still Eric Metcalf I mean they were good gosh yeah you know what the only time I would um, I would bank on the Browns is when I was playing Sega football I'd occasionally pick them up that tells you how old I am right because you had you'd have Metcalf he was he was a stud he was good I mean they program him tight yeah, he was good. That's when you weren't playing NBA Jam on the Sega, right? It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Or practicing my freestyle rapping career. Troy, this guy's so old. He was probably he was before the times of Atari. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's bullshit. What? That push. All right, we got some stories. Go ahead. What do you got? Stories. On? Bring it. Bring it. So my, the story I'll tell you is, I, I became a believer in something bad has to happen for something good to happen uh, happen to you later. Uh, when I went to Q School, the first stage, my first time back in 2008, I was playing just outside Reno, Nevada. I shot 73 the first round, careered it, shot one over, was well off the pace. Uh, that night, I played uh, blackjack with my uncle for, I don't know, 10, 12 hours. Um, just $5 minimum. I had no money. So, you know, I'm playing $5. There was a little side bet that you could play. And if you got, you know, any 20, you get two to one, you know, kind of odds like that. And, if you ended up getting queen of heart, queen of heart, and the dealer got a blackjack, you got like 250 to one on your bet. And I had been playing $5 pretty consistently, pretty consistently. And by 10, 12 hours in, I'd have, I'd have several drinks. So I wasn't paying attention anymore. I got queen of heart, queen of heart. Dealer gets the blackjack. I'm pooping and hollering. I have a ton of money. No, I forgot to place my bet on the side bet. So I went and had... I, I went and had casino sushi at 2 a.m. I had a 7 a.m. tea time. I uh, showed up, hung over, shot 65, and made it through first stage of Q school. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what, what time did you go to bed, 2? 
yeah, I stumbled up. I got in there too, and it was about a forty-five minute hour drive to the course. So I stumbled in around two, left around you know five o'clock. It was fine. I shot sixty-five. It's fine. Did you hear that part? <laughs> Which goes so back to your your to premise of don't warm up, right? I mean, you're it's it, you're playing up, right, yeah. and you know what? There's something about just having the um, like a mild still buzz, you know, in the morning, you're a little bit loose, right? So you're already ready to hit it. Well, I definitely, I definitely didn't open the second eye until about the 14th hole, and I probably parred in from there, so I just kept playing with one eye open. Oh, that's. But then I went to second stage of Q school in the middle of nowhere, Georgia, and I'm living in Boise at the time. I fly down to Phoenix, early morning flight, have some breakfast in Phoenix, hop on the plane in the back row, middle seat where I belong, and the plane leaves the gate, and I feel it in my pocket, drop my wallet. So now I've got to fly from Phoenix to Atlanta with no communication with anybody. I've got no wallet, no ID, no credit cards, no cash. I know nobody in the state of Georgia, and I'm supposed to drive two hours in a rental car once I get there. And you can't get so the I rental call. car, right? Because you don't have your license. So No, so I call up my uncle as soon as I get to Atlanta. I was like, you're never going to believe this, but I dropped my wallet in Phoenix. And he just starts laughing at me like it's a joke. I'm like, no, my wallet's in Phoenix, and I am in Atlanta. So not so funny anymore. Uh, the caddy that I happen to have for that week is driving from Birmingham, Alabama down. So he said that he would come get me the next day. Well, that still posed the problem of me not having anywhere to stay. Uh, my uncle had a hotel reservation set for after the tournament near the airport. So I called him up and said, listen, my nephew uh, is a dumbass. And he has nothing with him. But can he have a room tonight and you can just book it on the credit card that I have for this other room? And the lady was nice enough to give me a room. So uh, I stay at the hotel. Caddy picks me up. We drive down to Callaway Gardens. Uh, I don't make a birdie for the last 26 holes of the golf tournament. But I make three eagles, including flying it in the hole on 18 to bump the number from 7 under to 8 under. And I finish at 9 under. So I get through second stage of two squats. Oh, my gosh. We go to... We go to final stage down there, Bear Lake, just outside of West Palm. And I get in uh, late the first night, and I'm starving. So I drive to uh, Burger King looking for a really nice meal. Uh, I get into the parking <laughs> lot, and I'm talking to my wife on the phone. And I notice this old beat-up car pull up next to me with two unsavory-looking fellows in it. And they're just staring at me. And like, you guys, you know, I wave them, you know, go to the drive-thru. I'm just sitting over here minding my own business. I'm from Idaho. I don't know what's going on down here in West Palm. So they go through the drive-thru. I hang up the phone with my wife. I go through the drive-thru, and they're waiting for me on the other side. And I pull out, and they pull out, and they start following me down the road. I'm like, hmm, this probably isn't the best. So I'm in like the third to left lane. They're following me. I get to my turn. It's a right turn. And I cut across four lanes of traffic, and I make this late turn. And they go slowly rolling through the intersection to see which hotel I'm going to. No. And me being the, the paranoid 24-year-old kid in, or 23-year-old, 22-year-old kid in Florida, I, uh, I parked my white sedan right in between two other white sedans, right underneath my hotel window. And that car drove to the parking lot on the hour, every hour, all night. I sat up at the window and watched this. I then, at 6 a.m., Decided that was enough. I gathered all my stuff, and I went and checked out. And the guy's like, you're here for like nine nights. I was like, not anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> so I called my uncle. I'm like, hey, listen, you got to get me a new uh, hotel room because this is what happened. And I'm not staying here anymore. I'm going to get shot. <laughs> so he gets me a new hotel room by the golf course. I go wire to wire. I went to school. So three bad things happened to me on the way to three really good things happening. Oh Very my. strange. All right, so it's probably Eric Metcalf. Or it might have been a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Or Vanilla Ice, uh, A1A. <laughs> He's yeah, down in A1A. Well, let me ask you this, right? So uh, knowing that you're sort of a last minute, you, you strive. my sense is you thrive on having your brain in other things. And then when it's out of the way of golf, it's you're like autopilot. So let's say um, you're playing the Masters. And it's Sunday afternoon, you're in the last group, and you don't tee off until after 3 o'clock. 
will this totally hose you because all you have is freaking golf to think of? Or or, or what else would you do to make your mind freaky? Probably like you might, you're, you're probably going to go shot. catch some mice in one of his what do rental you do? houses. Like, how are you going to divert yourself? Because if you've got to think about like putting and chipping, I mean, you're hosed, Troy Merritt. Uh, I, I've had those days, not, uh, the final round or the final group on Sunday at the Masters. My final round on Sunday, I was more middle of the pack after a 78 on Saturday. Um, but I, I would become a fan. I, I, you know, I watched off for the first half to try to get an idea of what the course is doing, how it's playing, where the pins are, how guys are attacking it. And then I remember when my other alarm goes off that, Oh, you know what? I probably should go play golf today. <laughs> I've got a chance to win this thing. Gosh, that's yeah, that's funny. I mean, he's I was thinking about gamer. that. He is a gamer. He's a gamer. He's a gamer, and that's why he's going to come. Uh, or we're going to go visit him out in Boise. Let's go right? to Boise. And we're going to go out to Boise, and, and and listen. If and if I'm not good enough to 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 play with you guys, because because Troy, you know what? It's funny. He'll put a lot of nice games together with the fellas, and he's always mildly embarrassed with me um, in his foursome. But but funny thing happens every time I'm in his group, he loses money to me, and and maybe that's why I'm not being invited anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, uh, bring up. You come to Idaho to build confidence in your golf game. The golf courses out here aren't overly difficult. Perfect. We'll do that. We'll bring him. Huh? Did you remove, remove yeah, all my... Yeah, Shreb's going to give me two sides, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure he gives me two sides. He's, how many... Sh- I'm playing with Streb next week. How many do you think I should get? I think uh, from Streb... Oh, I'd get one a hole from Streb at, at least... I don't know if that's going to work out so well, but I'll try. Because what are you at now? Plus three? I think I'm a plus 2.5. I shot a nice well, seven, just, just, shot a nice 77 playing, the other day. Yeah, playing straight up or making play of the golf club. See what happens. Done. No, my wedge game's too bad. I need, I need the shots. <laughs> good. All right. Well, listen, hey, uh, Troy, you're a good man for joining us on a Friday when we have nothing to do but commiserate about um, how life used to be. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, you, I mean, I appreciate you guys having me on. I mean, y- y'all are welcome to come crawl around the crawl space with me and see what's under there so we can find Stuart Little down there. Well, we'll, we'll come out and help you. If you can't do it, Sully's really good at catching mice. I am. I am. I'm good I at get- I do. I do have a, uh, a bottle of uh, Blanton downstairs that one of my buddies gave me for winning Barbasol that is unopened. You can uh, always entertain yourselves with that. That's I fan- like it. We're coming. Let's go. That's fantastic. Well, listen, hey, you. Um, good luck to you and those two little kids, Dodge and Scout, and that wonderful woman of yours who plants maple trees. One thing I learned today about Troy Merritt, the two-time champion of the PGA Tour, is this is a guy I'd like to spend He's time with. He's fucking cool. You're fucking cool, Troy Merritt. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You understand me, <laughs> Troy? I appreciate that. Okay. And you hey. Make sure you tell Fred that too, so he'll play with me in New Orleans. Oh, well, fuck. Hey, what? hey, let me tell you something. Fucking Strebby's got nothing on you, Troy Merritt. Absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> All right. So, hey, and I'll talk to him about it too if he thinks he wants to fucking stand toe to toe with Troy Merritt. It's not possible. You know? Just, just, bring, just bring up Palm Valley in the years of 06 and 07, or 07 and 08, and that'll set him straight. Oh, Palm Valley. What'd you put your fucking palm in his forehead? Huh? <laughs> was that the uh, valley? Yeah. <laughs> That was that was two of my twenty one wins back to back. Trevor was in the field and asked if he was any anywhere near the top of the league. <laughs> All right, we'll ras him on your Palm behalf. Valley. Oh, that was in uh, Arizona. We played there. Yep. What side of Phoenix? What'd yep. you shoot? Twenty nine under. No, I think the first year was thirteen under, and the second year was sixteen under. But I won by six. And our two-man shot 10 under. He got second, and our team got, like, 11 because the other three were, like, the last three on the leaderboard. <laughs> Amazing. Good old Palm. Good year, Arizona. Palm. I played some gateway Arizona. gateway tour events there. The purses were massive. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bottle of Blanton's if you want it, yeah. right? That's <laughs> some Manny yeah. Lights. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're going to check in with you um, sometime this week to find out if you caught the mouse. In the meantime, would you come back and join us? Um, because, again, Wardo told you that anytime someone's on the Golf Underground, they go on to do amazing things that year. So right after your first win, you're going to come join us, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you can call. always on unless I'm playing golf. Uh, I my answer anyway. Yeah, just keep me calling whenever. I'm available. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed today with Troy Merritt, Wardo. I got the Kiwi to the right. And Friday night is...
is just about to begin. You've been having a blast here with Sally Wardo on the Golf Underground ESPN Radio. See you next week.